1: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Uh-oh. Here comes trouble.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura, and you're listening to
0: Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast.
2: Hey, this is Brendan
0: Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. i here with my man, Izzy. On the fucking rocks, so pay attention. to you by Mad Flavor. So <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across, across the globe. The is real simple there's no secret code reach out to the people spread that positive energy because we're all looking for a little bit of serenity whatever little part of this planet you live in these tales from the hard side are now transmitting transmitting to transmittin'. the hard side
3: hello everyone and welcome to episode 284 of tales from the hard side podcast i want to thank you for listening and checking it out if you dig it, please go rate, review, and subscribe. And please go follow me on social media at the Izzy Rock. I'm gonna give a quick recap of my week and then get into this podcast with the band A Voice of Your Own. What an exciting week! If uh, you're lost in a time warp on a stranded island where you don't have internet connection and you don't pay attention to the news, maybe, maybe you were out enjoying time with your family this weekend. This weekend was crazy in the news. Um, I'll start out Friday. My son, Christian, my 17-year-old son, Christian, he's going to be 18 on on the 23rd of this month very shortly. He got his wisdom teeth pulled out and um, didn't act loopy after the procedure like a lot of videos you see on the internet. Everything turned out good. So, Uh, We actually got to take his teeth home. They were huge. My goodness, they were huge. On Friday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost. My goodness. Preseason. It's preseason. And they lost. They played the Cincinnati Bengals. It was the last game that Roberto Aguayo played in. Uh, He got cut loose. He was a second-round draft pick in last year's draft. And they were expecting him to be this awesome kicker because he was the most accurate kicker in college football history. So you think that's going to translate to the NFL? Except, yeah, it's middle blocks where it he just messed up when he was kicking and uh he got let go. If you're not watching Hard Knocks on HBO, it is covering the Tampa Bay Bucks and I'm sure they'll cover the whole kicker thing this week. It was awesome to be able to watch my favorite football team and the players on this team that I enjoy. Be able to watch in a storytelling story way like on HBO's Hard Knock series. Great, great show. Especially this season. So Saturday, came back, or um, got up Saturday. My son Zach had a scrimmage in Franklin, Ohio. And we went to the scrimmage. Um, and they kicked these kids' ass. <laughs> It was such a dominant, dominant show of force by our defense that their team couldn't do anything. Um, Our offense didn't look that great, but our defense looked great. Sack looked good too. Um, But, so that happened. But that morning, on Saturday morning, I think it was. Maybe Saturday morning, yeah. Saturday or Sunday morning, I wake up to... Just some craziness, okay? I think it was Friday Friday night that this happened. So a friend of mine on Facebook posted this post from this website talking about this Unite the Right rally where they were talking about bringing tiki torches. And just when, when you read the thread and you read how racist some of this shit was and you see how vile some of this rhetoric was, I was like, man, that's wild. That is so crazy. So they're trying to the to unite the right wing under, and they want to include everybody who stands up for white supremacy. They want to allow KKK, the Nazi party, um, these alt-right groups that have been trolling on the internet for the past few years uh, um, with Pepe, Pepe as their mascot and bashing against feminism and just all, all sorts of trolling that they're doing online. And they're big supporters of Donald Trump. And um, I've actually heard some of the people that, like Milo, I don't know how to say his last name, Milo. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast quite a bit. And I actually enjoy hearing their side, their, their points of view, just to see what's out there, just to see where they're at in society, and a lot of them are libertarians, a lot of them are people who are uh Republicans, but they don't really support the old school republicans it's It's really weird to see how meme culture has taken over this this group, and so all these people got together in Charlottesburg, Virginia, carrying torches, and they had guys wearing polo shirts. And make America great again, red hats you had marching alongside guys doing Nazi salutes, marching alongside people who it's like, what the hell are you guys thinking and so there's a lot of blowback that happened because because of the of that rally, you had a lot of these anti people who are anti fascist and they come and they disrupt a lot of these these events, and then you had some Black Lives Matter group people came, and some dude from Ohio, I think he's actually from Newport, Kentucky, which is kind of considered Ohio because it's a suburb of Cincinnati, but he moved to uh, Maumee, Ohio, and he decided to drive his car down a street into a crowd full of people, of these Antifa and uh, Black Lives Matter people, and he ran, ran them over. It was horrific to watch, and then he backed up. And President Trump, who is quick to tweet, tweet about this and that, and didn't step up and condemn white supremacists, which is what a lot of these guys were. They were white supremacists. They were coming together under the right wing, under the Patriot movement and all this stuff. If you guys don't know about the Patriot movement and things like that, about what happened with Waco and Ruby Ridge and how a lot of. These militia groups and patriot groups have been building under the right wing banner in America since for for quite some time. But it really started when Waco and Ruby Ridge happened uh, during the Clinton years. I clearly remember a lot of the reports of these groups um, basically coming together under the banner of trying to protect their Second Amendment rights and trying to stop the government from over overthrowing their rights. And I watched a lot of these same people spend eight years of Obama's presidency making memes about his race, mocking his wife, mocking his uh, children, calling him a monkey, doing all these things. I, I saw this. I marched for Obama, so I was super in... Or I didn't march for Obama, but I knocked door-to-door door for Obama during his uh, initial run for president back in 2008. And I paid attention to a lot of what was going on on the Internet then with with politics. And I know a, lo- a lot of people that are... Did somebody just turn on my dryer? They did. Um, But I know a lot of people that I grew up with that have... Um, basically become right-wing because it is it is more of the party of white people for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of code words that happen and a lot of dog whistle words that happen where you, you say certain things that like make America great again. When people hear that, a lot of white supremacists, racist people hear that we want to go back to a time when America was predominantly white and so out of curiosity i stumbled upon this website that supposedly was shut down by anonymous i don't want to even give the name of the website because it's a white supremacist website and i was scrolling through their definition of alt-right and it's definitely everything i'm against like i want to stomp this out you know i believe in free speech but there's a difference between free speech and shouting fire in a Crowded theater. Um, and I grew up in a time where I was sent to public school in the 70s, uh, about a decade after the Civil Rights Movement happened. And I was a white kid going to predominantly black school district where I was maybe one of two or three white kids in a class. And the amount of racism that I saw against me Um, that I experienced from black people to me made me realize there's a lot of anger going on with people, but my I had racist family members, I had racist people that I went to school with, but not everybody was that way. Just some people who viewed people's skin color and they viewed it as a negative. Instead of looking at this as we're all human, we're all here on this chunk of rock, we kind of need an alien invasion or some sort of uh um you know army of the dead attacking us to have us really come together. We need some there's there's too much divisiveness and I only think that this is I think this is only going to get worse because I think this is going to embolden a lot of people who are already on the fence about this to go one way or another where eventually I hope this doesn't happen, but I could definitely see some sort of civil war over uh, racial issues again, kind of like what Charles Manson was talking about, uh, where you see a race war. Um, I hope it never happens because the backlash that's happening for for these white supremacists now is pretty awesome to watch. A lot of these guys who were there holding torches are having their pictures. Uh, examined and having their information doxed online to show who they are. And a lot of them are guys in their early twenties who probably stumbled upon this movement on the internet, feel like they're part of some group and feel like that gives their, their lives greater meaning. Um, I've had that in my own small ways with the mediocre nation, with the death squad movement of Joe Rogan fans, where we got together. Like, you feel like you're part of something. So, I imagine that if somebody is super into politics and they're super into what's going on with politics these days with the alt right movement, that they probably feel a bit emboldened right now and feel like, you know, they're unrightly being attacked even though that dude that drove his car represents them and now that's a terrorist attack and our president president trump doesn't even call it a terrorist attack didn't even call it a terrorist attack um because a lot of people view they look at his stuff and they view that he's preaching to this voter base anyway man Crazy, crazy time that we live in, but I will say, fuck the KKK, fuck Nazis, um, and fuck the alt-right. And what happened in Char- Charlottesburg, Virginia, under the Unite the Right banner, come on, guys. Hashtag Unite the Right, and you're marching alongside Nazis? We went to war to fight and kill Nazis because they were bent on destroying populations and they killed millions of people committed genocide and some of the content i seen on this on the website you guys are ready to do that again you guys don't like jewish people you you don't like black people you 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 just i believe in progress i believe in that different cultures can learn from one another and that it's okay to mix cultures. That's this is what our. I don't give a fuck if there's no more white people in the future. I don't give a damn, as long as human beings are around. Uh, we're we've become such a mixed group of people anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. None of it matters. None of it matters. We just need to move forward as humans. So, um, but I say none of it matters. But I'm not a black dude driving down the street. And for people see my black skin getting pulled over or, but I am a white dude who I've seen get attacked when um, I've seen white dudes get attacked in a a huge group of black kids. Uh, I seen they specifically got attacked because they were white. So I've seen racism on both sides in middle school. I saw a kid running from Roth middle school in Dayton, Ohio, he was a white kid. and He was running down the hill, and there was like thirty black kids running after him. Um, and nobody was stopping to help this kid. I see. I saw three black kids just sucker punch this guy. That knockout game that happened that uh, last year or so. I saw kids do that in the '80s. Walk up to this white dude and just sucker punch him. I don't know if it's because of his he was white, or because they saw him as an easy target. Would they have done that to another black dude? I don't know. But I know that there is a lot of bullshit going on. And that um, there is a lot of racism on all, on all fr- coming from all sides. But particularly, I fucking can't stand the KKK and the Nazi movement and all that shit. But there's a lot of people that you look online and there's a lot of racism going on. Um, and... I just I've been called a skinhead shopping at Best Buy on on a predominantly black neighborhood somebody called me a skinhead. So shitty thing is that as a white dude, I get lumped into this dumb bullshit if I'm if I'm dressed a certain way or if I, I have tattoos or a beard like a lot of these guys look like me that are marching in this rally. Um and I don't want to get involved in that bullshit that they're stirring up because I happen to be white. It's all bullshit. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I did post a meme. I saw a meme, and it said, the new KKK uniform sucks. And it was a picture of one of those kids holding a torch, wearing uh, a Make America Great Again hat, white polo, and khakis. And it was next to a picture of Donald Trump wearing the same thing so you know maybe if you're a donald trump supporter and you're marching with nazis mm, you should probably look at the company you're keeping so but enough about that i want to thank the people that stopped by to do gym city podcast yesterday the band dark backward uh rapper j. right um I want to talk. Say thank you to Joe from Sunset Junkies and the Bangoon, uh, the punk rock Bangoon. and those podcasts will be out over the next you know consecutive month or couple months. Um, attached to the after I do an intro and I'm done with my intro, I want to thank the Mediocre Show for having a great podcast about pissing fishers versus versus fencers. Uh, Yeah, check out the mediocre show. They got some funny, funny stuff going on right now. I love those dudes. Great content. And call in and let them know are you a fisher or a fencer? And listen to the podcast if you want to know what that is. All right. All right, guys. Later. Here is a voice of your own on Gym City Podcast.
0: Welcome in to the Gem City
3: Podcast, a podcast about Dayton for Dayton. Check out this and all past episodes online at GemCityPodcast.com. You can also listen to the Gem City Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow Gem City Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Gem City Podcast is brought to you by Folio Design House epic life fitness and venus child productions now let's get to it with this
0: episode of the gym city podcast
3: what's up everybody welcome to this episode of the gym city podcast storyteller episodes I'm your host, Izzy Rock. I want to thank you for checking out the podcast and ask you to go like the Facebook page and social media in general and go follow us on, um, go subscribe and rate and review in whatever podcast app you use. That helps greatly. And we're all volunteers. So that's, that's, uh, that's the fuel that keeps us going. Today I'm sitting here with a couple gentlemen from the band A Voice of Your Own. And I'll have them introduce themselves and uh, talk about what role you play in the band and who's not here. Go ahead and uh, give them a shout out.
2: I am James Crabtree. I do vocals, play guitar, and do the songwriting in the band.
1: I am Johnny McConnell. I play bass guitar.
2: And we are two-fifths of the band, A Voice of Your Own. We are missing Rick Shuddy, our guitar player, Levi Short, who plays guitar with us, and Matt our new drummer
3: nice now um so your band your band uh let's talk about how the name came about first
2: it's an it's an old name really um basically in the background of some of our other projects and in old bands like i would just demo and record uh music by myself and so i guess that kind of Hints at the name, a voice of your own. It was kind of my own little solo project thing that I did, uh, after band practice was over on an eight track and the name just kind of stuck, I guess.
3: Right on. And so you're a, you're a new indie slash grunge band from, from Dayton. Uh, and I changed the storytellers series up and people who have listened to this know this, but it used to be you guys talking amongst one another and now I'll be able to ask questions and follow up questions. And so let's get into this. How were you guys exposed to music and what influences did you have growing up? Like, did you have a older brother or a best friend that listened to a certain group? Like what was the first music that you were like, Oh, I love music. Um,
2: well, um, my family had, um, a lot of like, country influences and things like that so as a kid like my parents would play a lot of country music like real old country music and so i guess that like just guitar and like singer songwriter stuff was around the house a little bit and that's probably some of the first stuff that i was exposed to but um i think that like you know just naturally like through just kind of listening to country instrumentation and things like that I turned into like liking rock music when I was a teenage kid just like other teenage kids you know but it was more of like a metal kind of thing you know Slayer things like that a lot of metal hardcore music and some of those sounds and like some of those bands like 90s hardcore bands and like older metal bands are probably what got me into like liking real music you know right on
1: yeah, I'd agree with Crabtree a lot. My my dad was from Tennessee, and I grew up listening to eight tracks of Johnny Cash, but it, it's still what I consider the best country, like Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. But at the same point, my dad would play uh, eight tracks of Richard Pryor. So I got the comedy from him. I got a lot of the outlaw, all the dirtiness from my dad. uh But then as far as I switched to rock and roll, but I still like that country to this day and rockabilly and all that but uh till this day i switched to the rock and listen to all that but as far as music and ever being inspired to play music when i was 13 the dayton scene blew up and i went to the um boy this is old school the building lounge yeah dude the band haunting souls yeah my friend nate farley who ended up playing with guy by voices in the amp and the amps uh blew my mind i was just obsessed with it uh Half Life, The Method, all these old school bands just rebos that they had national acts there. They had NoFX, SNFU, GBH. Like,
2: yeah, the Dayton, the Dayton, Dayton has tried its best to have like a really good scene for a long time. And I think that when we were kids, like, there was hall shows and stuff, you know, just Knights of Columbus, VFW, Grange Hall type shows that were. Really impactful to like young, you know, young teens and stuff like that. So. Very
1: much so. I mean, I went to all these shows and I was inspired. And it. It took me about seven or eight years, but I'm, until I decided, well, why ain't I doing this? Why do I just keep going and not be a part of it, playing and.
2: Yeah, when I was a teenager, it was it was cool to walk into things like that because for the first time, I had kind of seen. I guess you could say like my favorite artists or working musicians in a different light, you know, they weren't, they weren't at just an arena or something like that. They were normal people driving from Florida or New York or wherever they were coming to like a, a Grange Hall or something like that. And that kind of, there was something relatable about that, you know, personal and kind of, you could relate to it. And I think that I think as an impressionable teenager wanting to get into music or liking
3: music, I think that's, that's really strong, you know. Right on. And what was, uh, what was the first piece of music that you ever bought yourself? Whether it's tape, CD, album, whatever. What was the first piece of music and where did you buy it? Johnny, you, you got to. i was eight though. years
1: old and my dad bought me a 45 of a rock and roll party all night from kiss <laughs> yeah. at goldenrod music on main street that's right <laughs> that's awesome yeah they had,
3: they had a great collection of uh, t-shirts and it was part head shop as well
1: yeah that's what was so funny my dad eight years old i'm there yeah that's it was cool <laughs>
3: that's awesome my brother used to
2: have kiss vinyl because he was a few years older than me and I wasn't allowed to have stuff like that <laughs> but he would and I would sneak up into his room when no, when he was at home and look at the records of like Gene Simmons and Blood and his tongue hanging out and I was kind of freaked out by Kiss <laughs> but I liked Kiss I think I don't really recall quite I think that um I think that I probably had like some old like a Queen album or something or CD or or something i'm not really sure that kind of that i would listen to on repeat when i didn't really have many other cds queen <laughs> is
1: one of the first records that that my dad um, i had a greatest
2: to. i had a greatest hits queen cassette tape or something and i
3: would play i play it on repeat a lot i think <laughs> yeah there queen queen was an amazing influence for a lot of people that i i don't think that they obviously they gained a lot of respect from people but they weren't when, when I was growing up, you had bands like Metallica that were uh, huge amongst a lot of people and gained a lot of respect. But a lot of music fans that I knew, especially the heavy metal and, and punk rock crowd, didn't really appreciate Queen. Until you got older and you realized, like, man, these guys are some yeah. of the best songwriters yeah. Yeah. in all of rock history. Very, uh, very when I
2: watch interviews and things of the sort, like if I'm stumbling on YouTube and like watching an interview of another band... I'm really surprised at how many people say they're influenced by Queen and some of Queen's like early music. You know, yeah, it's strong.
3: Yeah, it's, it's some of the best. Now, what was you talked talked about going to live shows and what was your both of you? What were your first live show experience and where did you play?
1: Wow, the first show that I played was was pretty incredible for for me. I I would say there was a place called the Church of Rock and Roll. And it, when we played, there, it was called Mike's Place. It was a friend of mine who, uh, sold comics on Third Street, right next to the fire station that's still there. They tore the building down. It's a little tiny building and, uh, a hall, like a hall type show, bring your own bottle, whatever. And, uh, we played there with a, a guy, some people I ended up playing with, uh, J. Bird Smith, uh, and his brother was like 14. They opened up for us and, uh, um, it's just a really cool place to play our first show and musicians that I've known all my life and the other band was Corkscrew. It was Co Factor Zero Corkscrew and our band Hollowed Earth and uh they're still friends to this day. Neon Worship, Kevin Schindel, uh was the leader of Corkscrew and uh we've been friends ever since then. Yeah,
3: Neon Worship is one of the best Dayton bands. Yeah, the, I'm friends. Best that. metal bands out yeah, there.
1: Yeah, Bert I mean all them guys, Bird, Matt Tack, And they're all really good friends of me and me and James. Wow. I yeah. love Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what
2: I about you, Nate? James? <laughs> um I think that we played at either I'm a little I'm actually a lot later to the thing than Johnny is or some some of the other guys are, but I think I started playing shows like around the Jags time. Yeah. Like I guess that's two thousand ish, two thousand one ish maybe. And um we we would play my like one of my first metal bands or um Hardcore kind of bands would play Jag shows and not uh, when when it was still the night owl in the Oregon district. We played there a few times. There were good shows. They had a lot of energy and they had good crowds that came out. And we were just happy to play and be. We thought it was cool that we could. That someone would let us get up there and make a bunch of noise for forty five minutes or whatever.
1: <coughs> yeah, Jack. was pretty cool. Place. I thought Jags
2: was cool. I was, you know, I was just young and new to the scene and stuff. I thought, man, this is this is real and this is cool and a lot different from what you, you know, what I was used to. So, right on. Those are some of the first first places I think.
3: Now, uh, what were some of your Dayton? You, you mentioned some of the Dayton bands, but what were some of your Dayton influences? And I think. Uh, behind the scenes to break the fourth wall. We, we talked a little bit before the podcast and there's a particular story that I would love for you to tell. Um, so yeah, Dayton influences when you guys were first coming out and playing music.
2: Well, obviously, I mean, we have to, you have to give credit to, um, Robert Pollard and guided by voices. And I think that, uh, I think that you, you can't deny that they've probably influenced a lot of the indie music that, that's that's kind of circulating right now and stuff. When I was really young, um, I, I'm, we were in the graduating class with Bob's uh, son Brian. He was our valedic- he was the valedictorian of my senior class, and we would hang out and play NBA jams and Sega Genesis games together. And um, we were doing that at a little small house over on Titus and not too far from here where uh, Bob Pollard and his family lived and he was literally writing some of his first um material for like the stuff that made it to B1000 and a couple of the following records after that and some of his demo work vampire on titus demo work and stuff like that and he would literally write these songs um Record them on a little cassette, not even a eight track or a four track. It was just a little push, play, and record at the same time, little tape recorder thing. And he would sit in the kitchen because it had good acoustics and lay down some of the very first songs uh, that made it to be Thousand. And at the time, we didn't know anything. We didn't really know any uh, what it was or what it meant or what it was doing in other places. We just thought that he was kind of joking, like he always would, and make these little. Catchy songs about us or about his friends or whatever he did. And
1: didn't you say that uh, <laughs> some some big name people well, by? Well, that's what I was saying.
2: We didn't know any better. We just wanted, we just wanted to put the cheat codes in on NBA jams and play, you know and and play basketball on Sega Genesis. And then people like Kim Deal or Billy Corgan would show up to play a game of basketball or just hang out and drink beer with him. And we just we we were tickled to death about that. You know, we thought how you know. Um, we didn't. I guess you know we didn't really realize what it was at the time. We were just kids, and to watch that turn into what it turned into, and to watch um GBV, you know, ro- get rolling with their success in the '90s and early 2000s and stuff. And you know, you'd have to give some credit to them being a, a big inspiration or influence in the Dayton scene. You know, right? On. So, and and then you know, and the, and as far as like that goes, we were also playing when we started playing music. We were really interested in like heavy, aggressive music. So there were bands like 12 Tribes and stuff like that that I looked up to a lot. I would go watch those guys and be really moved by it, you know, and think to myself, like, man, this band has so much charisma and passion in what they do. You know, it was hard to not be inspired by it.
3: Right on. What about you, brother?
1: Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, guy, my voice is, I mean, I. I was like a 13-year-old kid watching um, Haunting Souls, and then I got into Guided by Voices after that. I mean, I'm not young, haha, but uh, a little bit younger than Robert. So <laughs> it, I, my friends, and, and like Nate Farley, ended up playing with him, uh, but seeing all their shows the hall shows and all that and then metallica came out and i wasn't blown cliff burton that's it that i had to play bass guitar like yeah. it, that's all there was to it i got i was fortunate to see them when they opened for metallica before he died and then all the heavy metal scene here i mean this there was a great punk indie uh metal there, there's still good scenes here but i mean there's some pretty epic things that have happened here and it's pretty cool for a small city. But uh, yeah, the metal scene, 12 Tribes, uh, 44, Then the punk scene, Legbone. Legbone are still doing it. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're tops. Like,
3: they're, they're one of the best live bands, uh, bar none, that you will see in any genre. Yeah, still. Still, yeah.
1: still. I mean, to this day, and they're all friends of mine. They, they, they do a great job. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it makes me proud to be where I'm from.
2: Yeah, I think, like, as far as influential in the Dayton scene, I never really drew, like, it's not like I would draw um melody inspiration sure. or or idea inspiration or things like that i was tried to f- feel like something that i would do or just my love for music would be different than what was going on but i always appreciate like there's some hard working bands in Dayton you know and bands that have come from Dayton and have to go other places and things like that and put in the work to really really get their name out there and that's always that's always really cool for me to see you know
3: yeah right on now um what is your songwriting process like you know i've I've never been a musician i've never been in a band but for me i i would always imagine like oh do they write the lyrics first do they come up with the song first and then the lyrics come next and the recording process as well like what's the Writing and recording process for you, and then that will transition us into getting into these songs. Sure, um, we're we're getting.
2: It's it's strange. Like a voice of your own started as a solo project that I had done uh, for the longest time. Like it's been years. Just um, just something that I kind of did in the background of other projects, art and visual arts, and other bands. And um, um, I think that. I'm really inspired by visual things movies and film and just my imagine my own imagination I guess so um we want to get into writing more as a band but we're still new and forming as a full band so as far as the material that we have so far literally it was done just a DIY kind of recording process by myself I guess and um I guess everybody's different. People write songs in all different kind of ways. I'm sure sometimes the singer brings a song lyrics and the band plays with it until they can figure something out. I'm sure sometimes guitar players have riffs and things like that. It's I literally just would sit down and typically in my free time and kind of play guitar and just in my little home studio record big chunks of me playing guitar and half the time it just gets thrown into the put back the throwaway pile but occasionally you know when you take a few weeks off and listen back to it or dig up an old file and kind of listen back to what you recorded sometimes something just kind of speaks I guess sometimes you find a melody or it could be all kinds of things sometimes I might just have a little idea or maybe I'm inspired by a film that I just watched or just real life in general my friends or something that might be heavy on my mind i guess and so i think of ways to kind of just try to turn a phrase i guess and turn something into a melody and then things get rolling from there you might i might add some more instrumentation and things like that and that's a big part of the way i guess you could say the majority of the songs were kind of go about being written we're now like formed into a a like full functioning like working band so I'm sure that we will take on a more traditional kind of approach to it where we come, and we already kind of are, you know, coming up with our own ideas and songs and things like that and writing them together versus um, just me demoing, I guess, in a sense.
3: Right on. Um, All right, well, let's get into these uh, tracks. I'll go ahead and introduce this first one. Um, here's, Here's the first track that we're going to listen to today. This is a song called... Turn Me On. talk about turn me on
2: um so that's kind of like our first uh i guess you could call it our first single off of an ep that we're set to release this year the ep is called vines on the lines and we picked that song as kind of like our first single just because uh i think it has a really good vibe to it it sends a good message and the production's really good on it we feel like and um, feel like it's just a good fitting first kind of song to explore, you know, fan base with and drop to people. I guess we just shot a video for it too, and it's really cool. And like I was mentioning earlier in the session, um, it's visual. Like I'm, a, I try to think of myself as a visual artist too. So um, a lot of times I draw these inspirations from visual things and. Um, the, the video that we just self-produced is really cool and has a really strong message that relates to the song about just kind of people being different than what they really uh, present themselves as in real life and kind of wearing a fake mask, if you will, and uh, kind of presenting yourself on things like social media and in real life as something that I guess you're not that's common i mean people are people can relate to that i think so that's, we chose that one because feels relatable i guess
1: yeah we did a really really like he's saying a really nice video and we we like dating and represent like guided by voices people of the past uh lots of shots of different spots in Dayton. yeah and also uh part of we shot at uh trojan city music john henry i have a metal project that we're we're on hiatus now but uh john henry the owner of trojan city music is a singer for that band and he has a warehouse space next to his his new music store And we shot there and then they shot all around dayton and a lot of familiar places and yeah
2: john let us use his his new shop in up in troy to shoot the video and so we we had fun we rolled around dayton and got some good footage you know it feels like a good song directionally for us too i think um it's kind of like reminds me of a kind of nineties ish alternative rock song. And I think that's just a good direction that we like to explore. And me personally, I don't know about the rest of everybody, but I think it's a good direction for us to move in. I love, that stuff you know i so. do
1: i think it has a little hint of jane's addiction in it just just a hint
2: it's a Jane's it's a very jane's addiction-y song i, I think
3: <laughs> that's a, I, I, I like that mixture um, yeah. who recorded it and uh where did you record it at? so um d-
2: again like i just pretty much do all of the production myself like i have a lot of experience with it and i'm i'm tedious enough to take a home a production a home recording and turn it into something a little more you know it's it's a time consuming process sometimes and it has me staying up till five o'clock in the morning. But I did the production myself, so it's a it's a self produced song, and it'll be independently released and all that stuff. So right
1: on. Yeah, it's it's uh it's time consuming, but he 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 did these songs uh, a lot of the CD some of the songs back to back in days and pretty much stayed up for whole days at a time. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes it gets and knocked, knocked out. Like I got OCD, a week, <laughs> like from conception to recorded.
2: I don't, when, if I get into a creative <laughs> mood, like I don't write all the time and I, and some artists, I wish I had more time to just, you know write and do things but sometimes if i if i do it can get time consuming and i can get obsessed with it i can miss work and all kinds of stuff it's bad <laughs> Go, why'd you miss work well i have this 90s rock song that i think is <laughs> awesome and i gotta get it done so <laughs> hey you know i i take pride in the production of it and like i've done some small productions for other bands and things like that demoing sometimes even some paid projects that i've worked on but um, i take a lot of pride in it especially our own stuff i just kind of tweak it and work with it until i can get it to sound the best that i can in a in a basement or a
3: bedroom studio he, you know
1: she's done a phenomenal job with uh yeah with the limited studio uh it's it's very impressive i think
3: yeah it's uh you know you talked about GBV you touched on them and a lot of their recordings i think you mentioned um, people who don't know if you don't know that's surprising but a lot of their recordings were uh done themselves Mm -hmm. were lo-fi were Mm -hmm. recorded you know like it's 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 pretty awesome to be able to have 2017 the the materials the tools that at hand are a lot easier to use
2: like they them and some other bands pride themselves basically i guess in a sense on the more lo-fi the Mm -hmm. better i look at it like this it's a really good way to journal ideas, like to have that recording capability right there on your garage, on your laptop with GarageBand or or whatever you do, or even some of these little portable recorders nowadays. Like I just look at the capability of that to get a lot of material. That's nice, okay. So if if GBB records all their own music, I mean they have a thousand, two thousand song yeah. catalog. So I mean I think that's really good nowadays, where you don't have to go say spend a thousand dollars to record a song. If you don't want to, if you have some time and if you're kind of patient enough, you can really lay down whole catalogs of demos and ideas and but things the flip, like that. But the flip so.
1: side is our product, he, he, it's not lo-fi. Like maybe the first recording might have been, he has two CDs before the Yes, yeah, room. yeah. And, and a cover CD. <laughs> I want
2: it to be lo-fi, but my brain, won't. when it's, I'm making songs, I just, I'm so tedious with it. I try to take them into bigger production value. But I, so part of my heart, the, part of my heart wants it to stay like low budget, you know. The,
1: the production quality <laughs> is really good on this new, this new uh, EP we're putting out. And he pushed me personally. I think it's one of the best bass lines on this song that I've done i've played in tons of bands for like 20 years and
2: this song's got a really nice bass line it. i
1: like it i don't normally (laughs) talk about my stupid bass playing but no it's not (laughs) stupid it's fabulous (laughs) all right
3: um well let's get to the second track awesome and uh that song is called getaway driver talk about getaway driver and tell tell, you know same thing process um how did it come about what's what's it about
2: again so i guess um this 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 song is a little different for some of the normal stuff that we do or that i write this kind of touches on a more like storytelling kind of approach to the writing i guess um A voice of your own has really honest songs and if you listen to the lyric content um like there's a lot of really relatable things in there and i and i try to stay really true as true as possible with writing about it whether it be about um just my friends or relationships or my parents or whatever it might be but occasionally I, i think it's really fun to just kind of paint a visual picture through the audio and just kind of tell a story in a way and um I think that all the best artists are able to do that and kind of, um, make something relatable to other people out of just kind of like a, an idea or a visualization of something. So that song is really just about a heist, I guess, uh, a kind of, uh, you ever seen the movie Heat, right? Yeah. We've all I mean. seen Heat, right? Oh, yeah. So I, <laughs> okay. think, I think I watched an old rerun of Heat, and I think I was like, man, this is, you know, what if there was like a sound, what would the soundtrack to Heat, you know, what if you were really into something like that? And so as, in a much as. Or much what a, would they listen to while they're doing guess, the heist? Something like, like that, I what guess. What be their jam? <laughs> and so <laughs> I, awesome. I think that, I think that's where it came from. I just kind of was brainstorming on just cool, catchy phrases to turn and. Ways to kind of make a, a clever song, you know, and tell a story. So that one's really just about a bank heist. We have, I, we have other ideas to take that one in other visual directions and stuff. But again, we think the production value on that, the, the production value on this new EP that we're set to release this year is really good on all of the songs. And I think that we... Can all agree that that one has a really good production value? So we think it's a good. We just think it's a good song. It sounds good,
1: right on. on. Yeah, with his his lyrical content, uh, I'm a fan of his songwriting. Uh, I think that uh, we did this video for the last song that we were just talking about. Turn me on, and we want to do one for this one, and maybe all the I don't know. At least maybe half a CD we put out. Maybe four or five videos for i like videos
2: i like i think that videos are really important nowadays and and not all and i think about it to when like there's not very many good video outlets for audio anymore i mean there's youtube and things like that of course but there's no like music television or anything anymore obviously and it's funny me and my girlfriend were recently talking about the comparisons of that like um some people I I would say prefer to not be distracted by a visual concept when they're listening to audio. Me personally, I guess it's just the artist in me visually. I love it. I love to see visuals when I'm listening to something. I think it's a it's a big added like entertainment plus to the whole experience of listening to something. If the video doesn't relate to the song, I understand it can be distracting. But sometimes not. Sometimes it's just eye candy and pleasing to watch something while you're listening to the audio. Also, I find personally, um, uh, it helps grab people. Sure, take t- well. notes. Other bands. <laughs> not everybody just wants to listen to your audio, but people like it when there's a video or something visual to go along with your audio track and people's busy daily things. It's kind I mean, people are busy with work lives, gym, whatever they do. It's hard sometimes to just stop for three minutes and just listen, but sometimes people will watch and listen if you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and I, I'm realizing that now. Um, yeah, the, the at, like here recently, I'm kind of realizing. Oh, okay. When you give someone that little extra thing um, visually, it helps. It helps draw a listener in and kind of gives the song a new meaning and helps people stay attention stay stay paying attention. I guess. <laughs> well, and
3: video, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or wherever people are watching videos nowadays. I mean, lo- Facebook views on videos are. Tremendous, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're so easy to access. You don't have to search somebody. It Mm -hmm. can be if somebody shares Mm -hmm. your video, and they're like, "Oh, somebody filmed a band, filmed a video in Dayton." Let me check it out. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing like, "Wait a second! Like this band's from Dayton." And then we have have you have a
2: fan, right? Like Johnny has friends, and we have friends in other places, like let's say Florida or something like that, and they're from Dayton. Mm -hmm. They don't live here anymore. When they see those things, they go, "Oh, look a cool video, a yeah. cool indie video shot in Dayton." I know Mendelsons, yeah. and I know and this place, and then they send it to stuff. their
1: friends, and, and it works out great um, as far as getting it out there. And people just enjoy. I mean, they—if I try to get them to listen to this song, and they live in Florida, or like my brother's in the Air Force in Colorado, it's hard. But the video, oh, oh, why didn't you tell me you had a video? Yeah.
3: yeah, most people, you know, not to be too crass, but a lot of people are. Watching videos on their phones, sure, sure. yeah, while they're taking a sure, dump, right, or whatever, <laughs> you know. Right, and if you're on your phone and you're looking at a video and you're like, like it's easy to capture people's attention that way I, yeah, instead of so. just audio. I think so. And one yeah.
1: thing that's horrible about Facebook, as far as music is concerned, um. All bands on Facebook. If you have a phone, you can't access their music page. It's really okay. hard. To, you have to at go. Least, you know, it's very complicated. You have yeah. to go to like Reverb Nation. You'll have another page set up. You can like on your PC or laptop. You can go to the band page, listen to the music on your phone unless you got some clever way yeah you can't do it yeah i just look at pictures yeah i only
2: listen to music i discover a lot of new music and only really get my music fixed from things like youtube and videos even if they're just picture videos like you've seen things on youtube where like they'll have like let's say a full album download and it's just a the picture the picture and you're playing the audio i that's really how i listen to most of the music that I listen to, I'm never really on a music app or a Spotify or anything like that. It's really just YouTube, so it makes sense that I want a video for every single song that we have. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it's, it's smart, other.
3: too. It, it, it's really smart to have that as an option because you know, a lot everybody has access to YouTube if you have a computer and mm-hmm. or yeah. a
1: smartphone. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as musicians, I mean, we'll get on Reverb Nation, we'll Spotify, sure. we'll get on... 50 different music sites, but the average person doesn't play music. Yeah. You know, they got a short window. That's (laughs) right. They don't want to have
3: a lot of steps to get your stuff. Really? And I understand. You know, I understand what it is. So, um, all right. Let's get into this last track and then we'll wrap it up after this. Um, the next track you're going to hear is a song called Shot Me Down. Bless you, broken Good. shot me down let's let's talk about it so
2: um uh this song is the shot me down is just about um i guess it's about the summertime that song reminds me of the summer shot down <laughs> that song reminds me of the summertime <laughs> i guess um <laughs> is it about what do you think it's about Johnny? being dumped is it about being dumped in the summertime you know, i mean he'll, <laughs>
1: he'll, leave the ly- he'll leave the lyrics open so you know they're for people's personal take, but yeah, I take it as, like, not being dumped, like, trying to pursue somebody and just being shot down.
2: Um, again, I just try to paint these cool visuals and just turn phrases and make relatable songs that people can kind of have something to hang on to. So I I think that um, just kind of tried to... Uh, maybe in, during one of my little recording sessions or something, tried to turn that into a song that just had a good vibe to it, I guess, a good summertime kind of vibe.
1: He likes the summertime. Like, I like a, songs
2: about the summertime. Yeah, he I likes re-
1: referring to the summertime a lot. I
2: like songs about states, different places, geographical Yeah, like, things in songs. And I like songs about weather. I don't know what it is about the seasons I guess
1: there's also a nice video for for the song as well that would uh, the, the other songs are from the new EP that one which album is that from
2: that that song yeah um the the two songs that we previously um played are from our new EP that's getting ready to come out Damn. this fall that that song is from a an older demo that I have called Roads that came out a few years ago and um made a video at the Dayton Art Institute just me goofing off and
1: um, it's pretty neat it,
2: it's been it, it's actually an, it's, it's a few years old already but um, again the production quality on that one again is good and I feel like it has strong lyrical content and just a little catchy song about the summertime. I, it gives me a good vibe. It gives me a smile on my face when I hear it. And other people, we get a good feedback off that song. So
1: Yeah, it talks about dancing and lightning. People seem attracted to that for
2: some reason. <laughs> I people did. like to dance in the <laughs> lightning. <I dig> <laughs> in the lightning. In a lightning storm. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Stay away from tall metal objects in a lightning storm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's right. All right. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, do you have any place where people can go and find your music and yeah, um, yeah. facebook and all that stuff
2: yeah we um we have an event coming up at the end of august it's saturday august the 26th it's at the courtyard lounge in inglewood
1: with a great band called salvador ross uh, oh wow heard yeah, of them. great guys power is it amazing
3: it's
2: gonna be oh, yeah. and those
3: guys are amazing
2: it's gonna be a really good show we try to have like a fun party every time we play like we don't we don't stand up there and gaze. like we try to really get down and make it a fun event for everybody. So it'd be awesome if anyone is interested in hearing us perform live. Um, that's probably our next event and we have some other events coming up after that, but nothing really set in stone. And of course you can check us out on Facebook. It's Facebook slash a voice of your own. We have a YouTube channel. We're on SoundCloud and we're pretty much everywhere that you could, that you might want to check us out. Yeah, YouTube
1: so, There's There's live videos there. We've, we've played, we've not played so many shows so far, but, uh, we got some videos from Bob's when we play there. We like playing there, and uh, there's also another, like, well-produced video, a song that people seem to seem to like, and uh, you can actually listen to the older albums uh, fully on YouTube. Oh, yeah, 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 so on listen YouTube. To the full albums, no downloads, but uh, yes. listen to the full, full, full albums.
2: Yeah, you can stream, uh, you can pretty much stream our entire music catalog, if that's what you want to call it, on YouTube, so we've we've uploaded some full album downloads or um, full album selections to listen to and stuff. So you can check those
3: things out and just give us a like on Facebook. That always helps. We're trying to keep it going right on, man. All right. Um, if you guys want to go and like Gym city podcast on Facebook, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go, uh, subscribe to whatever podcast app you use, or you can go straight to gymcitypodcast.com for all the notes and information. From this podcast, um, how I have everyone go out is say uh, this is a voice of your own. You've been listening to Jim City Podcast, and then right after, right after he says it, I'm going to play the song "Angel in the Stereo." And I want to thank you guys for for being guests on the podcast today, and I appreciate it. And uh, thank, you. thank you. We've
2: been a voice of your own. Thank you guys Cheers. for listening. Thanks for Jim City Podcast for having us, you guys. Check out Gem City Podcast on Facebook. Thank you very much. Thank
3: you. And here's Angel in the Stereo. <laughs>
0: When she was all alone, I never knew that July nights would turn out in the end to be so cold. Do you believe in a God that you've never seen? It's for him you're all alone. And there's an angel in hysteria. Do you believe in a God that you've never seen? It's for him you're all alone. There's an angel in your